and welcome to another edition of the Paul's Body Engineering Podcast. Today we bring you episode number 31. And I'm going to cover a couple of topics today. I thought it might be better to put these or converge these into one podcast rather than uh, separating them because together they'll give us a bit of content over a period of time, whereas independently, I could probably only talk about these for you know five to ten minutes each, so I'd rather cover all of them in a very uh, comprehensive podcast, which this one hopefully will be. So today's um, topics, so there's three of them, um, which do come up quite a bit um, in conversations with my clients, also across social media, um, and that is the first one is free weights versus machines. I want to cover that, and and all of these will be primarily brought to you by my own personal and professional opinion. The second one is muscle weight gain. So that it, it provides a lot of conjecture and a lot of argument. And the third one is uh, soreness. So firstly, free weights versus machine weights. Now every gym has a lot of free weights. So we're talking dumbbells, barbells, plates, uh, kettlebells. And then every most gyms also have a lot of machines where it's either pin-loaded, where you select the pre set weight that is a, uh, a plate in a in a stack or there's also machines that you load up the round plates on now the primary difference is that a machine provides a fixed line of movement so the movement pattern is fixed okay you can't um, move the weight from the fixed line that is already set on the machine so whether it be a chest press uh, a, a row machine a shoulder press machine all of those have a fixed line of movement that you have no control over changing. Now you can you can um, modify the weight, you can obviously modify the reps, but the line of movement is completely set. Whereas if you look at a comparable movement pattern using free weights, so shoulder press for example, if you do a shoulder press with a dumbbell, there's a lot more instability having a, a dumbbell in each hand and pressing it in a seated position on a bench. So that instability provides, in my opinion, a superior movement pattern because your shoulder has to work harder to maintain a successful line of movement. Now, while you may be able to press more physically in a machine, you may not be able to do so with a dumbbell shoulder press, primarily, again, because of the instability factor. As fatigue builds up, your line of movement and your movement pattern becomes slightly more wayward, it doesn't become as deep, um, it's not as controlled, therefore you could argue it's not as successful in terms of the overall um, movement pattern or achievement that you want to get from that exercise. Whereas as you fatigue on a machine, the line of movement doesn't change, so you're still pressing to the same point. However, the before and after point, so the full range of movement can certainly suffer as fatigue builds up. So look, I guess the argument is some mach uh, machines are great, particularly for, for beginners. They're great for people who have, say, injuries that they have to work around, so they have to focus on certain movement patterns. However, if you're injury-free, if you're an intermediate to advanced lifter, uh, free weights are definitely superior in regards to the instability factor. They, they require more concentration. They require more form, more technique, more focus. They also engage more muscle groups in terms of your minor muscle groups, so your stabilizing muscles. So a thing like a squat, for example, if you're doing a barbell back squat, 
your, all the minor stabilizing muscles around your knees, your hips, your ankles are further engaged to ensure that your knees don't move out of line, your ankles don't roll, your hips stay square. Whereas if you're doing like a hack squat, for example, or even a squat in a Smith machine, again, the line of movement is completely taken care of. So that is eliminated from the equation. You don't have to worry about it. So it's one less thing for you to worry about. But by doing that, there's less um, focus, less lateral pressure on your major joints in that movement. So again, there's pros and cons for both. You know, in my opinion, Free weights definitely should be in, as part of your program. I'm not saying they're superior in terms of the fact that you should only do free weights and nothing else because that's rubbish. There should be a combination of both. And generally, the, the way I like to program my um, my programs is I'll generally start with a free weight exercise because that requires the most focus, it requires the most exertion, the, the most effort. And if you start to bring in big compound free weight exercises towards the back end of a session, Fatigue is going to be um, quite significant then, so you may not get the most out of that exercise. Whereas if it's at the start, you can focus more, you can expend more energy, you can get it right, and then you don't have to exert as much when you do a machine weight because, again, line of movement is taken care of. Um, it's it's a lot more simpler idea, and you know, mental toughness and and um, and concentration takes a lot of um, it. It becomes quite paramount when you compare the two because, and I'm speaking again from personal experience here, but when you jump in a machine, it just, it feels and seems easier, right? You don't have to think as much, so you're not focused or concentrated on all the little significant um, independent things that you have to do when you're doing a big compound lift like a deadlift, a squat, a bench press, a, a, a lunge, for example. So look, having trained at a number of um, big box gyms, um, over the years, there's so many machines available that are purely for a certain muscle group or even isolate even further. Like I went to a big gym the other day and there was three bicep curl machines with different angles, different grips, different handles, um, all serve a purpose. They're all there for a as a tool for your uh, training needs, but again, if you implement them in your programming, make sure that you use some free weights as well. Again, even something as simple as a bicep curl, just the instability and rotation of the dumbbell as you curl can, can engage different parts of that bicep muscle, provide further intensity, um, you know, greater tension, greater engagement. So you do have to concentrate. You can't be swinging your elbow, shoulder doesn't, shouldn't be being rotated, whereas a machine, elbow is generally on a platform or on a pad, sorry, in front of you, shoulder doesn't get involved, and it's just a lever movement, and, it's, and, and it just differentiates between from one bicep machine to another, depending on the angle, depending on the width, um, and the stretch of the bicep as well. So, they all serve their role. They all have a purpose. But you can't, you can't turn up to a gym and, and use everything at once because there's that many of them, particularly the bigger, bigger gyms. So my strong advice is if you are training yourself without a structured program from a professional, definitely start with uh, free weights first. So whether that be if it's a chest day, start with a bench press, an incline bench press, a dumbbell press, and then move to your seated chest press, Smith machine press, um, a pec deck, things like that. If you're um, on a back day, then obviously deadlifting, uh, rack pulls, 
barbell rows, pedlay rows, all of those sorts of things, all free weighted, single arm dumbbell rows are great. Um, and then you can move to cable rows, um, lat pull down. Even though they are cable, they're still quite um, controlled in their movement pattern. And then you've got things like um, seated uh, machine rows, and there's so many variations of those as well. Um, if it's a, <clears throat> a, a leg day, primarily squats, obviously, um, uh, primarily quads, sorry. Obviously, squats are the primary one there. Barbell back squat, hack squat, um, lunges, goblet squats, sissy squats, uh, even a leg press with a lower foot placement. Uh, glutes, obviously hip thrusts, glute bridges, and then we look at things like Bulgarian split squats, uh, lunges again, reverse deficit lunges, uh, single leg press, things like that. Uh, shoulders, so again, overhead barbell shoulder press, dumbbell shoulder press, Arnold press, and then you move to seated uh, machines like seated shoulder press. Um, what else have we got? Uh, lateral raise. Uh, there's machines that do lateral raises as well, both with a bent arm and a straight arm. Uh, you can do cable face pulls and things like that. So that covers the bulk of the muscle groups in terms of how I would generally, for general population, program it. Because again, as I go back to my original point, you don't want to fatigue out too soon and still have compound free-weighted exercises further into your training program that you can't get through or that you sacrifice technique for to get through um, purely because you're fatigued. So don't make that mistake. If you're training yourself, you follow those simple plans and you'll do just great. But there's no real superior between one and the other. They all have their purpose. It depends on your level of training. If you're a beginner, intermediate or advanced, it depends on your program. It depends on where you are in terms of a rotation of your program. So they all serve their purpose. I guess that answers the question. Okay, moving on to point number two. Now I have this discussion a lot, particularly with newcomers to my gym, and that is weight gain from a muscle perspective. Um, I get it a lot from females where they say I don't want to get too bulky. Um, and then I get it a lot from males who don't have a good understanding of the human body or, or the um, of anatomy and physiology and they say, look, I want to put on six kilos of muscle. Well, it doesn't work like that. And the other thing is when, when a client's weight goes up, they go, oh, is that muscle? You know, it's increased two kilos in a week. Uh, chances are, no, it's not muscle. It's probably fat or water for that matter. So I guess getting to the main point of this topic is natural muscle doesn't grow significantly quick, okay? You don't put on a significant amount of muscle overnight or even in a month, two months, six months. Like for me, and I'll use myself as an example here, you know, I train on average four to five days a week, sometimes six depending on the week itself. And I've been doing that now for a solid six years. For me, given that my body is adapted to that style of training, that level of training, that consistency, I'm lucky to put on between half a kilo and a kilo of muscle in 12 months. Now that's not from lack of trying, and it's not from lack of effort, excuse me, and it's not from lack of nutrition, it's purely that my body has adapted and I've almost reached my physiological potential in terms of muscle development, natural muscle development, I might add, I have to stipulate that. However, if you are um, embarking on a health and fitness journey for the first time and your primary source of training is weight-based training, and your goal is to put on natural muscle, and you've never done it before, or, or this style of training before, and, and it's supported by good nutrition that fuels your body, you can put on significant amounts of muscle, particularly if you're young. So the youth do have a, an advantage here. 
So someone, like a, a young male, say an 18-year-old male who's eating around three to 4,000 calories, training five to six days a week with good structured programming, within 12 to 18 months could put on six to 10 kilos of natural muscle, okay? And then as they get beyond that time frame, that increase will gradually slow down. So the second year, the third year, it might be a couple of kilos. By the time they get to the fourth or fifth year, it could be one or half a kilo like I am at at the moment. So when you think the weight's gone up and you've been training weights you know, for you know, a couple of months and, and the weight, your weight goes up and you go, oh, it must be muscle. Nine times out of 10, it is not because natural muscle does not grow that fast. So chances are you've eaten something you shouldn't have and you put on body fat, or there's another variable play which has increased your water, your, your holding water, I should say. Because when natural muscle develops, okay, we break it down, and I'm not gonna get too scientific here, but you tear fibers, those fibers repair, they get stronger, they get thicker. So your muscle belly develops in a way that your muscle is denser with fibers, it is thicker, there's more quality muscle. It doesn't necessarily mean you get bigger, okay, but, when you develop, when you get stronger, if you're lifting more, yes, you may increase in muscle, um, in, in your appearance, but that doesn't re represent weight on the scales all the time. So that's something that we have to get our head around. So when girls come to me and say, I don't want to get too bulky, well, that's not going to happen. Like it takes years and years and years for a female to develop that bulky bodybuilding look. And there's plenty of females out there that train their asses off and look amazing and have great muscular shape. But I guarantee you've done everything right. They have done everything right. And males are the same, okay? Males that carry a lot of muscle, good shape, big shoulders, chest, big legs, they train their backsides off and they do it with good structured programming. They've probably got a coach behind them telling them what to do, what to eat, etc. But if you're just an average gym goer that just turns up to the gym, does half an hour to an hour of weight training, doesn't push yourself to that point that I often refer to in previous podcasts, um, and your weight goes up, I guarantee you it is not muscle, it is not muscle development. It is potentially either fat, if your nutrition is not good, or it is water because of a number of different things. And, and I've covered this in other podcasts, but just briefly, if it's water, it's generally because of poor sleep, stress, increase in sodium intake. If you're a female, it's hormones or your period. Um, it could be due to, like you might have even just done a massive leg session the day before, so you're inflamed, which means you're carrying fluid, okay? But that's it, don't always think that you, because you put on weight, it has to be muscle. It doesn't work like that, okay? It does not work like that. Like I said, I train really comfortably, um, good programming for a solid 12 months, and in terms of weight, I'll put on as natural muscle, probably half a kilo to a kilo in a year. Okay, I've got a good um, comparison on my social media of me when I first competed in 2015 compared to when I last competed in 2019. Now when you look at the two photos side by side, there's a significant difference in shape, density, quality of muscle, um, I'm more conditioned. Um, you would think there's probably five to 10 kilos of muscle mass between the two photos, but there's actually only a kilo and a half. So it's amazing how you can think you're carrying more muscle in terms of weight, but you're actually not. So food for thought there. Okay, now moving on to the final point I wanted to cover today, and that is soreness. Now there's a couple of topics within this uh, subject that I wanted to talk about. The first one is, if you're pulling up sore often, 
there's a couple of things that you need to be aware of. One is that your protein intake is too low. And I'm talking about weight-based training here, not cardio or anything like that. I'm talking about resistance-based training. If you're pulling up sore all the time, it could mean that your protein is too low. So you need to speak to professional, sports nutritionist, dietitian, someone who understands good nutrition and has a look at your protein intake. Number two, if you're pulling up sore, it generally may, it could, sorry, it could also mean that you're not training to a consistent level. Now, what I mean by that is maybe you're only doing one or two sessions a week, um, and each time you do those sessions, it's a different body part, okay? It's a different level of intensity, different volume. Maybe you're just dabbling yourself, but you pull up sore. And that's because there's no consistency. So, I, look, I often train, I've got a few clients that are on it that don't, uh, uh, and, and it's no fault of theirs that they're intimidated by the gym, so they come to me, and that's the point of me having a studio, but they only train with me once a week. So every time they train, they pull up sore. And it's because they're doing nothing else other than walking or you know a little bit of light cardio, things like that. There's no other consistency in terms of their weight-based training. So they're always gonna pull up sore, but they understand that, and they know that, because that's all they can commit to. So if you're of a similar nature where you're going once or twice a week and you're constantly pulling up sore and you keep saying to yourself, why am I always sore? That's probably why, because you're not consistent enough with your weight training. The human body is an incredibly smart mechanism and it adapts to most environments, most stimuli. So if you're training consistently to a program with you know structured adaptation, in, including all major muscle groups on your body, your body and your mind will adapt to that style of training and to that level of training. So the soreness goes, like I can't remember the last time I pulled up sore. Every now and then on a leg day, I'll be a bit stiff and sore. Um, but everything else is pretty sweet. So it depends on your consistency throughout the week. Now, the other side of the coin is soreness can come to if you're one, training too infrequently in terms of exercises. So if you're changing your exercises up all the time, plus the fact that you're overtraining. Now, when I say overtraining, a lot of people will argue there's no such thing, but you can overtrain to a point where you burn out, you fatigue, you inflame, you're constantly inflamed, you can't recover in time, um, you, are, you feel like you've hit, been hit by a bus basically. And the one I mentioned just before about constantly changing your programming, like I said, the body adapts, it adapts to, to training. So each week, if you're doing something completely different, um, you're only training three days a week, one day's chest, one day's back, one day's legs, and then the next week you do shoulders, arms, and glutes. There's no level of adaptation, there's no level of consistency, it's all over the shop. So yes, you will make some ground in terms of strength improvements, and you may be satisfied that you're pulling up sore, but soreness doesn't replicate a good session. Soreness doesn't suggest that you have done a good session. It just means you've beaten yourself up in the gym for 45 minutes to an hour on you know, a, a number of exercises without actually having structure around your programming. So if that is you and you're constantly chopping and changing exercises, again, talk to a professional, get a program in place. Programs should be rotated, absolutely. I, I always suggest four to six weeks um, but that gives you time to adapt. You shouldn't do the same exercises for six months or anything like that. That's silly. Um, 
Some people do, don't get me wrong. I'm not taking away the fact that some people do train the same way, um, but they can. But think about it, if you did the same thing over and over again for six months, you're gonna get pretty bored of it, aren't you? So it's important to rotate your programming, but do the same thing for that four to six week period. Okay, so Monday is this, Tuesday is this, Wednesday is this, rest day, Thursday, Friday, this is this. So ensure that there's still a level of um, consistency, but also your body has an opportunity to adapt, get stronger. Because if you're doing the same movement pattern, same resistance-based exercises, like a, a leg press, for example, you are naturally gonna get stronger because you continually push yourself. So and that's the objective of weight training, is to get stronger, develop more muscle, get stronger, develop more muscle. But you can't do that if one week you do leg press and then you don't come back to leg press for another three to four weeks. How are you meant to adapt to that exercise if you're only doing it once a month? It doesn't work like that. So that's why you would pull up sore. So it's important to understand that soreness doesn't always reflect a good training session, okay? Yes, it can feel satisfying because you've done something, you've worked something, you've been pushed, but it doesn't always mean that you're on the right track. So ensure that you've got adequate, adequate programming in place, supported by good nutrition that is gonna support that training and ensure that your recovery is at an optimal level. Right, so that's it. I think I've covered everything. Free weight versus machine weight, muscle weight gain and soreness. I think they are good, good topics to cover. I hope this has covered a few of your questions in regards to any of those. If you do have anything you'd like me to cover in a podcast, please message me, please comment and let me know as I'd love to talk more about things that people need to hear and obviously give my own personal and professional opinion on those subjects. Other than that, thank you so much for listening once again. Please screenshot and share this podcast. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe as well. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and Google Podcasts. And as I say to every client every single day, have a great day.